Hey everybody, Jim Young with Evolved Athletics. Uh, today uh, marks my first episode of Evolved Athletics Radio. Uh, so what I've been working on is a, a new logo, uh, working on some descriptions, and then a handful of topics that I want to discuss over the, the next uh, few episodes and then hopefully gr- keep growing from there. Uh, but today I want to talk about information uh, as it pertains to the health and fitness industry. And more specifically, I want to talk about the market for misinformation. Uh, as I mentioned in my introduction, uh, I've been in the health and fitness industry for many, many years. And in those years, I've worn many hats. Uh, but to be honest, nothing has taught me as much about the health and fitness industry and the deceitfulness, I guess, is the best word I can use, as much as when I worked in the supplement store. Uh, now, don't, don't get me wrong. I love my time there, and in fact, I think about it quite often. I kind of miss it, actually. Um, you know, I, I was able to meet uh, people of all, all walks of life on a daily basis, all on slightly different journeys, and they were all there using supplements in slightly different ways to help them reach their goals. Now, my role there was a, as a salesperson, but in fact, I, I hate being called that. I hate being a salesperson. However. Uh, what I did see myself as, uh, as more of an educator, uh, because in reality, that's that's what I was doing all day. Uh, I was educating people on what they were looking for and purchasing, um, and then because I geeked out on the science quite a bit, I was one of the few people in the area that kept up to date on the newest information being published on supplements and some of their some of their effects. So some people would find. Uh, an article saying, you know, this supplement's good for this particular thing, when in fact, uh, more recent research was showing that it didn't actually have that effect. It, it didn't have a high level of eff- efficacy. Um, but, you know, whatever the fact was, um, th- that's all fine. So, in terms of the market of misinformation, it, here's what I saw. So, when it comes to supplements, uh, some of the claims that were written, now this was like back uh, early 2000s, so it wasn't as bad as what it was in the, the late 80s and 90s, but uh, you know, early 2000, um, some of the claims that were written on the containers and the magazine art- articles were just, they were downright crazy. And some of them would even bring up research that, you know, would quote unquote prove uh, that it was able to do whatever it was reporting to, to be able to do. Uh, but as soon as I would go to look up that particular article or that particular study, um, I would find out, one, that it wasn't actually published and peer-reviewed, and two, uh, it was a small group of, say, 12 to 16 people uh, with no control group. So, you know, it, for those uh, of you that are science uh, people out there, uh, you can imagine those are all kinds of red flags. So, you know, and that wasn't the only thing, you know, there was, there was quite a few other things, but you know, when you looked at the supplements that were in the store and they compared some of the ingredients, I mean, you you could literally condense the store into just a handful of products since most of them had the same ingredients, um, but with just minor differences. Um, so, and then you'd have those companies you know, you'd, you'd put two products next to each other, two different companies, products really similar with just, you know, milligram differences. 
one would say that it was proven to work and the other one wouldn't make any claim. It would just say, you know, has been shown to, you know, produce muscle growth, you know, when used in, in a four week period or six week period or something like that. But the other product would, would say, you know, something to the effect of 120%, you know, testosterone booster or something to that effect, you know, and, and shown, shown in studies to do this. Which, which was pretty crazy, but you'd still see it. Now, the advertisings were just as crazy, and I'll get to that in a second. All right, so the advertisements that you typically see um, were either in magazines and to a smaller degree um, it would be online advertisements so remember this is going to be um, early early 2000 uh, when I was working at the supplement store and uh, <laughs> it was so most most of what what I was exposed to and what most of our customers were exposed to were more um, still print print advertisements and some of these advertisements were just, they were bananas, you know, and a lot of them used uh, sponsored athletes or paid, you know, paid the athletes to uh, advertise their products, you know, so you'd have bodybuilders, typically it was bodybuilders at the time that were, you know, that would hold like a, a pre-workout or a protein shake or um, you'd see them drinking a protein shake or something to that effect. You, so you'd see these athletes, these body bodybuilders advertising these products and, and, you know, I'd say, you know, Phil Heath uses our protein and it's how he maintains all his muscle, which, which is, which is crazy because you knew you just, you knew without a doubt that they were taking steroids and probably copious amounts of steroids. And for those individuals that didn't realize that, you know, these athletes were taking steroids. I mean, those were the ones that I think a lot of the supplement companies preyed on at that time. And we we knew as the salespeople, we, we knew that those people would come in. So, you know, I, I took the stance as if I educate the customers now, they'll come back. If I if I try to feed into this deceitfulness or this market of information, um, what's going to happen later on in my career um, when I stop sales is I'm going to have to shift shift my whole uh, position, and that's not quite what I wanted to do. I didn't want to fight myself in the future, so so I took my position as an educator in the supplement store very seriously. Now. <laughs> So you'd see these advertisements and, and the athletes and stuff that were in them, you knew they weren't right, but you'd have hordes of people that would come in. And this leads back to the fact that we've perpetuated this deceitfulness in the health and fitness industry. And I think we've done it to ourselves. And I almost believe that we've done it on purpose. And I'm not sure why. Um, I, I roll myself in there because I, I think in sales, you you do have to feed off something. You have to talk convincingly. And I think what happens is sometimes fantasy sells more often than truth does. And it's unfortunate. It, it really is. And I think it's one of the things that has led us to not take science as seriously as we should. You know, and here's the thing. When we look at science, I mean, you may find a handful of articles that support your particular bias, but you know, when you look at meta-analyses, um, then 
we have much more evidence that may say that your your stance wasn't right. And for those people that have been indoctrinated, um, you know, and I'll use, <laughs> I'll probably start start something here, but I'll, I'll use ketogenic diets. You know, there is a movement of people that believe ketogenic diets are the only way to live that ketogenic is the only way you can improve mental focus and energy and lose weight and we just we know without a doubt that that's not true you still have to create a caloric deficit Um, but but the stories that people tell when they're on their ketogenic diets they're so convincing it's it's emotional rather than logical and that's that's unfortunate because if most people would think like a scientist they would have that fluidity to be able to move between topics. Um, but I, again, I, I still think that this is part of the market of in- misinformation. So as I mentioned, this is my uh, first episode. Um, hopefully as I continue these, uh, I get you know much more proficient in my delivery and the topics are a little cleaner. Uh, I understand I still say um and uh quite a bit and there's probably a few pregnant pauses, but you know, hopefully that improves. Now, what I ask of you is if you could please call in with any questions. Um, I, I'm not really concerned if it's even confrontational. I I like confrontational questions because I think it opens up the door for discussion. So again, I appreciate the fact that you guys are listening. Um, if you have any questions at all um, in Anchor FM, you can use the call-in app. Otherwise, you can email me evolvedathletics at gmail.com or you can visit the website evolvedathletics.com